fighting a fight that is not yours. It is really easy in life to spend years focusing on something that has nothing to do with you. Nothing. And I've learned that as I grow up in life and as I've matured as a parent, as a father, that, you know, sometimes that's my kids' fight. That's not mine. That's their issue. They've got to work it out. I wish I could, but I can't always do that. As a pastor over a pretty good-sized congregation, I realize they have to work it out. I can't be there for everything. I try, you know, I'm, I, like, I like people, so it's easy. This job, for me, it, it's a fit. You know, we, um, whoever the next person is that leads this church, the only thing, one of the main things I hope they, they, they really do is care about the people. Because you can have education, you can go to school, get degrees, and learn, all learn fancy words and, and preach with style and skill and all that. But if you don't love people, it, it shows. Can I get an amen to that? Yeah, it makes a difference. And I really care about you. I care about what happens to you. But I've learned a lesson. Even though I care about you, I can't own your life. That's your fight. Your husband, your wife, those are your issues. I can't even own all your financial issues. You struggle with that in benevolence sometimes. You want to help, but you know there's a line where you, 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 you know, there's a line you don't cross, and there's a line you do cross. And sometimes you, you do things, but sometimes you don't. And learning to balance all that out is important. And so in this study, I've been, I've been sharing with you, um, you know, each year, if you're not familiar with our approach, I try to answer one question. This question for this year is, why don't people do what they say they're going to do? And so I try all year to answer that question because I want you to remember what I say. And a lot of times you don't remember if I say too many things. So that's the theme. So every month I answer the question. But the answer for this month is people don't do what they say they're going to do because sometimes they fight the wrong fight. They spend their life focusing on, on, on money and their health is the issue. You, you know, you're, you're physically struggling and you need to focus on that. That's where the fight is. Or sometimes you're fighting uh, a person and it's not the person, it's your own insecurities. I need to deal with my insecurities. What makes me feel the way I feel? It's not their fault that I feel this way. Sometimes I didn't plan. But that's the issue. And so there are four sermons I promised you. And I, I based them all out of one text, Numbers chapter 14, verse 1 through 4, um, which is a sidebar, can I say, all this happening in the Middle East. Can we say, I pray for peace? Come on. No, say it like he means, I pray for peace. When I read Numbers 14 about Israel, it immediately made me think of all this happening right now in the Middle East. I do. I pray for peace. I pray for grace. But I also understand that there are seasons when you're forced to look at things. And so there are four things I want you to look at. The first thing is that some people have anger issues. That's what you see in Numbers 14. That that was the thing they should have dealt with. And, and Moses could not stop them from being angry. He had to let them just be angry. But that was their issue. So I'm going to repeat all four of their issues with me. So anger, anger. Backsliding, backsliding, courage, courage. And, opportunity. and opportunity. And really say missed opportunities. So Moses dealt with people who were angry, and he couldn't change it. 
That was not his fight. That was their fight. Moses dealt with people that were backsliding. They were serving God and backsliding. You know, that's what it is, sliding backwards. You know, you have in and out, in and out. We'll talk about that today. Next week, we'll talk about courage. Moses dealt with people who were not courageous. Courage is doing what you're afraid to do. And they just wouldn't do it. And then he dealt with people who missed opportunities. Boy, I've seen that a lot. You see people that miss opportunities. And so those are the four things we'll talk about this month. And, and what you'll see is that was not Moses' fight. That was their fight. But they chose not to. You've seen it. You chose to quit school. Come on, you could have finished. You were that close. You missed an opportunity. You walked out of a relationship because they said something you didn't like. That it? That's the only reason we left here? Why, why are we doing this? They missed an opportunity to have someone faithful in their life for a few minutes of pleasure. And so that's their fight. And Moses understood the power of what was his responsibility and what was their responsibility. And for you to be okay in your mind, you have to know how to do that. So let me read the text to you. Numbers chapter 14, verse 1. This is after... Um, they discovered that the promised land was not easy. This was after they discovered that it would be a price they had to pay to have victory in their life. Here's what they did. That, that night, all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. aloud. And all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in this wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Now, I want to do something I, I hadn't planned on doing. Um, I feel like I need to because this is ripe in our news right now. And when I say these names, your mind's everywhere. I've never had, in all the years I've been preaching, as much of an awareness of how central Israel is to Christian theology. And in my heart, I've been touched because I have friends in Israel. And I am off track a little bit here, so hang with me for just a minute. Um, and one reached out to me yesterday. The horror and the um, emotional strain on all sides of this debate is painful. There are people I know that are Palestinian who are good people. And there are people I know who struggle and don't really know where to plant themselves. But here's what I've learned. I, I can only pray that fight. I can't manage that fight. Can I get an amen to that one? As much as I love everybody and as much as I hurt and I, and I do, I grieve. When you know people, it's different. When you have been there, it's different. If you've never been to Jerusalem, if you've never been to the Middle East, if, you've never, if you don't have any interaction with people in that part of the world, you have a different way you feel. But I feel the weight of that. But that's historical. And all I can say is, in the end, he will be Lord of Lords. In the end, all of this will come to light. Our politics is painful. Can I get an amen to that? Boy, you sit there and you have a view. I have a view. And you've noticed I've not come in here and tried to force my view on you because y'all... Y'all, you hear me say y'all? Y'all is on the left side and on the right side and in the middle, and I love all of y'all. How about an amen? And I just think it's amazing. I was with some friends uh, several years ago. They're all Democrats, and we're all in, in, in my friend's um, 
um, man cave area. And it was about, I don't know, 10 pastors there, and they're all from significant churches. I hate to say it like that, but they were all, anyway, wigwams. And so I told them I was leaving. I was going to Dallas. Uh, I was flying out to Dallas. And so they were all Democrats talking about them Republicans. And I said, well, you know y'all need to stop now because I'm going to be my Republican friends. And they said, well, when you get there, get them straight. <laughs> I said, Lord have mercy. Can we pray? God, our politics, our world today is in, a, in an amazing season. But you're the God who knows the fights we need to fight. We put that fight in your hand. We pray for peace. We pray for the right decisions. We pray for all the things that are happening around us. May we learn to trust you in the middle of it all. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. amen. I want to give you, if I can, a key word that describes the text I just read for you. Repeat it with me, please. The inconsistent backsliders. That's what you see in this story. You see people who make promises they don't keep, who are guilty of what we've all been guilty of. I told God I would fill in the blanks, and I didn't do it. I don't know what you can put in that slot. I promised God that I would never fill in the blanks, and you have fallen backwards over and over again. I, um, I know people who live this way. I know people who, who live this way and... Part of what's interesting about being a, I hate to say it like this, a church person, a religious person, is sometimes you can't see your own hypocrisy. But if you go back in your mind, you can remember times when there was hypocrisy. And in Israel's history, there were times. There were times in this story when you see it, the grumbling, when you see them saying, I wanna, I, I'm not going to go back. I want to go back to Egypt. And you sit there and say, wait a minute, didn't we deal with that? How many times in your life would you say you promised you would fix something and you didn't? How many times did you start off? I love, I love the AI technology today, chat GPT. I asked it, how many times did Israel do this? And they said 14 times it recorded. 14 times they murmured. 14 times. He went through this incredible list of things where people promised I would not do it. But they did it over and over again. And I want to describe the four things that they did. They're very simple. They cried unnecessarily. Sit up with me, please come on. They cried unnecessarily. I want you to think about that for a minute. This is a moment where they're crying. And I want to ask you, are you doing the same thing? One time I was on my knees, I was praying, and I was asking God, and I was in this really deep moment. And, and I don't know, I was, you know, crying before the Lord, I guess. And this thought came to me that stopped me cold in my tracks. Do you think I'm enjoying this? What is joyful about this? I told you I would never leave you nor forsake you. It's almost an insult for you to come to me and act like I've, I've forgotten you now. After all I've done for you, after all I've brought you through, here you are crying. You were in slavery for 400 years. And now all of a sudden, you're going to come and act like you don't know who I am. Why would you even insult God by being so worried about this? Why would, you, why would you dare allow yourself to be like that? It's, it's incredible. I don't know if you ever had a kid who would wail and cry, and you say, hold, stop, stop. You don't have to do that to get what you want. Tell me, use your words. Can you say, use your words? Use your words. No, try it again. Come on. Use your words. 
Is that what you tell your kids? So here you are in a moment of grief or sorrow, and you're not using your words. So they cried, and then secondly, they grumbled. The word murmuring is used to describe it. Now, I want to tell you, a lot of church people are professional grumblers. And you do it with spiritual language. You hide it. Well, you know, praise the Lord, you know, praise God. And you start using a lot of Jesus, and, and, but you're really grumbling. You're grumbling about your, yourself, and I've, I've got a rule. I don't grumble about me. I don't grumble about my world around me. I don't grumble about my church. I don't grumble about my job. I don't grumble about my challenges because I'm tempted to all the time. I, I look in the mirror, and I don't, I, don't, I don't talk myself down. I don't because Ricky doesn't like it. Ricky gets an attitude if you talk about it. So I look at Ricky and say, you okay? You'll be all right? I, I find myself trying to embrace the positive about my life. Here they are in this new season, and all they can do is grumble. Every church, and I, I watch when people come here and they say, oh, i got to come join your church because, you know, the last church I was in, they grumble. Start talking about the last church. You say, I know what's going to happen eventually. I'll be on the grumble list. I really believe that. I think some people have become professional grumblers. And you say, I just want to say this because I want to pray for them. No, you don't. You want to grumble. Murmur. Why is it necessary to point out all those issues? Why is it necessary to tell somebody else's story? That's what's really amazing to me. Why would you tell somebody else's story? Tell your own. Hey, you know when I sinned two weeks ago? You need to tell them about yourself. Why must I testify about you? They grumbled. And thirdly, they didn't just grumble. They misstated the facts. If only we had died in Egypt. Really? So Egypt was wonderful? Being in chains was wonderful? You want to go back to where you were? You want to go back to the old life? You want to go back and get high again? You don't even know how to hold a joint right now. Sorry, I apologize. Some of you say, yes, I do, Pastor Rick. I do know. I, I, I ain't forgot. Plus, you say it's medical marijuana anyway, right? right? Okay, I got you. Okay, all right, we're going to get into that. I will tell you a quick side story. Do you know I didn't know what a CBD was? Isn't that what it's called? When you go get the marijuana CBD place? What now? CBD. Cat, boy, dog, right? Okay, thank you. I'm glad y'all know that. Anyway, so I was, so I, I was riding down... With, I was someplace with Diane, and I, and I saw, I thought, oh, that's like a, like, what, like a, like a um, I thought it was like a, um, a convenience store. And I pulled in front of it. <laughs> I did. I thought I was going to run in to get some chips or something. You know, I was going to run in to get me a little. And Diane said, you know, you know what that is? I said, this is a convenience store. She said, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's not what you... I was right there in the rink, and I was about to get out, go, go inside, you know, by our old place. They got to see one of them BD stores, yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, enough of that. That had nothing to do with anything. Anyway, but sometimes you look back in you, your, your old life, you lie to yourself. And that's what they were doing. They were sliding backwards, lying to themselves. And then fourthly, they did this. They, 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 they viewed their, their challenges as guaranteed failures. They felt that, that I, I'm going to lose 
no matter what. So they told him, we might as well go back because we're going to lose anyway. So they said, we need to fire Moses and just go back. I couldn't help but just think, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to throw this out and you just think about it. You know the difference, and I'm, this is, you might find this interesting. One country we supported that was under um, Taliban rule, and they wanted rights for the women and all that stuff, and they were, you know, we spent a trillion dollars training an army, Air Force, and um, kicked out the Taliban, did all that stuff, right? And um, they decided they didn't want to fight, basically. And so all that effort and all that's gone, so now the Taliban's back and all that's, you know, see it the way you see it. On the other hand, this other country, what's their name? One near Russia, Ukraine. They asked Ukraine, did he want to get a, did he need transportation out? He said, no, I need a gun. I need ammunition. One wanted to fight, one didn't want to fight. Which one are you? I'm not putting anybody down. I, I pray for peace for the Afghans. I pray for peace for the Ukrainians. I pray for peace in Russia. I know people from all those different countries. I do. But I want to show you one difference. Sometimes in life, you are the kind of person who doesn't want to fight. You want to grumble. You want to complain. You want to blame somebody else. You want to blame your father. You want to blame your mother. You want to go back and talk about what somebody didn't give you. And that's where you land all your life. Here's what you should do. Fight. Forward. Believe that God's hands on your life. Instead of grumbling and, and, and allowing themselves to fall into a place, and I'm going to talk about this in another sermon, where you, you miss an opportunity that God puts in front of you. Because all you're dwelling on is what you don't have. They, they lost sight of what they had, and they viewed, they viewed themselves as losers before they even started to fight. I have learned this in academia. Every class I took that was challenging. The issue was I needed time and help. Come on, say it with me, come on. Time and help. And over time, with help, I changed my perspective. That's why the book of the month is so important we're reading. How to change, how to change everything by doing nothing, simply by changing your view. If you change your view, you'll change everything. And there's something about that. When you get to the point that you understand that, for some of you, you don't need a miracle. You need another perspective. You need to say to yourself, I don't want to be this person who constantly backslides, constantly complains, constantly misstates the facts. I want to be the person who says, I can see the future, and I know God's hands on my life. How many of you have gotten farther in life than you ever thought you could get? Raise your hand. How many of you have seen God come through in the ninth hour, the eleventh hour, the twelfth hour? How many of you have seen God come at one o'clock and you thought you needed him at twelve, but he came at one o'clock and one o'clock was better than twelve? How many of you have seen God step up and meet your need? Come on, church. Amen. How many of you have seen him do it? Well, the same God who called you. And this is what I tell myself. When I get up and if I'm nervous or uncomfortable, here's what came to my mind. The first time I preached, the first time I preached a sermon, I was scared to death. Somebody came up to me and asked me after he gave, had me giving them a testimony. They said, would you, would you like to come and speak for us? We're looking for young speakers. And I said, well, I'm not a young speaker. I'm not a preacher. But I did it. And I remember when I got up, I was scared to death. My knees were shaking together. 
in some little church somewhere in L.A. And I remember I got up and, and I had a little sermon notes put together. And, and I remember this thought came to my mind and it stayed with me all my life. The same God who called you will be the same God who goes with you. The same God who promised you will be the same God who protects you. Come on, if that's been true in your life, stand up and give God a big hand clap. I'm done for the day. If that's right, come on, give God a praise. Come on, give God a praise. Same God who called me. I am no better than you. But there's one thing I embrace, and I'll talk about that next week. Courage. I do what I'm afraid to do. Say that with me, please. Come on. No, say it again. Come on. I never, ever dreamed I'd be here. I don't know. Or maybe you know how it needs to be to several million dollars a year, what it means to lead thousands of people, or what it means to be, I don't know, all the stuff I get to do. But I stood in front of the camera for the first time and said, hi, my name is Ricky Temple. And my wife was sitting to the left. I'll never forget it. She says, what are you going to do? You've never been on TV. I said, I'm going to fake it till I make it. They don't know. That's what I did. I said, I'm going to fake it till I make it. And I stood in front of that little ugly blue screen. And I said, my name is Ricky Temple. Welcome to the World Alive broadcast. Today we're going to talk from the book of, of uh, James, chapter 1. How to deal with the trials in your life. And I just started reading the word. And the more I read, the word came alive. Word by word. He met me in the word. God is waiting on you to make the first step. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. So I want you to draw nigh to God today. Bring all your imperfections, all your insecurities, all the things you don't know. Bring it to him and watch him bless you. Watch him give you strength. Watch him help you build a business. Watch him help you build a building you never thought you could have. And every time you ride by and see your name, you go, Lord, have mercy. God is a good God. Every time you see God bless you. Oh, my God, my God. William White, every time I see you, every time I see what William White has done, and the houses he's designed, and the places he's built. He took me by some places the other day he built. He said, I built that place, and I built that place. I said, you used to sell furniture, but look at God. God is a good God. Come on, God is a good God. God is a good God. I can go around this room and show you miracle after miracle. God has blessed you. Helen can shout and praise God, because Helen used to be working in the hospital when I first met her. And now she went through physical challenges, but she rose up, was on a cane, was on a walker, but now she's in the house of God. Hallelujah, people. Come on, amen. Praise God. God is a good God. I see people in here that wanted babies, and then I see the babies running from them now. I love it. Can't hardly, can't hardly stop the babies. I love it. I love it. I love it. I saw a mama the other day walking through this hallway, and a little boy took off from her. I was telling the daddy about it the other day. And I remember how God brought her through so many journeys in her life. Things she said to me, the journey she traveled. I've watched God lift people from disappointment. I've watched God give people health who were down. I've watched people who are now home. God bless you. Katia, I know you got a story. Yes, I do, Miss Ma'am. I know your story, Katia. I'm talking to you. That's right. 
I know you're watching. Brother Haywood, I see you, Sister Haywood. I understand the glory of God in your life. How when you were down and people gave up on you, Katia, in your business, you were fighting to get your business going. Couldn't hire the right kind of people. I know you struggle with that, but God gave you a gift and a talent. I believe God is a, God, a miracle working God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kyron was in Austin, Texas. Gifted man, loves God, had a talent, and no one knew where to place that talent. But right there in Austin, he and his wife, tremendous people. They got a new baby girl. How God brought him into our lives. One of our online members. Another member who's all the way in California. The book that we're reading this month, Merrill, she was the one who recommended it to us. I talked to her yesterday. So sometimes they're in this building, and sometimes they're home. But God is giving us people, coast to coast, who love God. And so lift your hand as we leave today. Father, we know that you are a miracle-working God. It takes courage to embrace what you've given to us. Help us to not be afraid to be different people, following a different path, a different schedule, unafraid. We see, receive you these next two weeks online, believing that in our online gathering that you'll be there, meeting us at Ladies Only Conference, meeting us online, a tremendous number of people that will be there, the hundreds who signed up. We ask your blessing upon this church, and we thank you for it. And we give you all the glory. Now, every hand down, every head bowed. If you say, Pastor, after hearing today's message, I want you to pray for me in my walk with God. I want to give my life to God today. I want you to give me a moment of prayer, Pastor. And I want you to pray for me. My walk with God is what I need. With every head bowed, every back closed. If you say, Pastor, pray for me because I need to walk with God. What you said today made me realize I need to give my life to God today. Just raise your hand where you're standing. I'm going to pray for you right where you're standing. Anybody say, pray for me, Pastor. Pray for I see you. I see you. I see you. God bless you. Anybody else? And some of you online, I know you're watching. I know you're raising your heart in your hands. Father, I pray for these who raise their heart, many who raise their hands. I ask your blessing. I ask your grace. I pray the hand of the living God would be strong. I pray that the power of the living God would be there. And may you bless them today as they surrender their lives to you. Some are rededicating their lives. Some are giving their lives to you for the first time. And we thank you for them. In Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. Did you have a good time today? Come on, would it worth your while?